Merry Christmas. We are in the seventh day. Tomorrow, of course, as we gather for Mary, Mother of God, we will celebrate the octave uh, with uh, these last uh, seven days and tomorrow included. We've celebrated with all solemnity and with the Gloria, and uh, we have a special insert in the Eucharist prayer, uh, the Roman canon, number one, all these things. And uh, as part of this ongoing unpacking of what Christmas is, the Church gives us on this Sunday in between, uh, the Sunday and the octave, uh, the reality that we might easily overlook, a reality that we might just say, well, yeah, of course it would be that way, but a reality that we need to reflect on, and that is, of course, the reality of family. We have uh, today in this Gospel passage, and just briefly think about it uh, in, in this, this venue, that Mary and Joseph went to the temple to present to God the Father his son and to redeem his son from him to have him dedicated in a special way to the Lord, consecrated to the Lord. This doesn't make sense except if you understand that they were fulfilling the law in its fullness. And uh, elsewhere and other, some of the other readings that we might have on the Holy Family and other cycles and, and other readings, we hear of how the Holy Family traveled to Jerusalem, for the, especially for Passover. But uh, for there's three other or two other feasts that they would have gathered, Pentecost and Feast of Booths as well, that they traveled to Jerusalem to worship. They had God in their own home, and yet they went to the temple. Why? Because they understood what it meant to worship, what it meant to gather with the rest of the people of Israel, to gather and to worship God and to offer sacrifice, though God was with them. And so with that reality in mind, we have a chance to reflect, yes, it's perhaps a bad pun, but reflect on the model of a stable family. As we look at the nativity crash, that's what we see a stable family, a father, mother, and child. And I find it interesting that, that today as we hear this, uh, this prophet Simeon and the prophetess Anna, they're not wowed, they're not amazed, they're not put off by the simplicity of what they see. They see the Holy Family walking into the temple area and they instantaneously understand the Holy Spirit telling them that this is the Son of God. This is the promised Messiah. This is the one. And they don't say, well, wait a minute here. The Messiah was going to come in might. The Messiah was going to come in glory. How can he be this little vulnerable child? This, by the way, is 40 days after his birth. We do celebrate this as a feast, Feast of the Presentation, that we celebrate on February 2nd. For those that are curious, liturgically speaking, the Christmas ends... Uh, with the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord, but you could keep your Christmas stuff up until the 2nd of February because that's when the fullness of the Christmas season uh, is finished. Now, if you have a live, uh, live Christmas tree, you might not want to keep it up that long, but certainly to keep the crash up that long to be able to look and to remind yourselves this is a family, but Simeon is not amazed he, he instead, behold, this child is destined for the rise and fall of many. Or dismiss, Lord, now your servant go in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. My own eyes have seen the salvation, 
which you have prepared. I find that powerful, I have to admit. My own eyes have seen it. You promised it, and now I have seen it in the simplicity of this holy family. And Jesus, 40 days old, of course, there's not much he could do, but elsewhere, he's obedient to his mother and father. Yeah, there was that one time, of course, where he was uh, stayed behind, but he was in obedience to God, his heavenly father, at that point. But he returned to Nazareth and was obedient to them, growing in uh, favor. The favor of God was upon him. We might overlook what is happening here. We might, uh, we live in a culture that tells us, really, this is nothing important. We live in a culture that tells us families, whatever we make of it. And yet, God, when he sent his son, wanted his son to enter the world in the most natural way possible. In the family. As father and mother and child. There's something beautiful about that. And we remember, uh, perhaps, and you've perhaps heard this, uh, Sister Lucia, the last of the visionaries of Fatima, the, the only one to survive past her teens, by the way, said the last battle will be over the family. And isn't that what we see playing out, not only in our country, but throughout the world, mainly because the United States is pumping out this different version of family? We, and, and I, I know it's not going to be PC, I mentioned about 10 years ago, I said, you know, if, uh, when I was first ordained, if I, if I talked about family as father, mother, and children, or I talked about uh, um, uh, certain, a male is a male, a female is a female, this was not controversial. 10 years ago, it was beginning to be controversial. Now, people can lose their jobs over saying such things or, or various other things, but family is important. The father, mother, and child is important. And I know, and as a child of, of divorce, my parents were divorced when I was 19, although, they, honestly, they should have been divorced earlier. And I thank God they weren't for the sake of my baby sister. But divorce is a failure. And it's not about, not about placing blame, because more times than not, the one that feels it's a failure and takes that to heart is the one that was harmed. And we know that there is harm. And sometimes divorce is almost necessary because there's so much harm, manipulation, abuse, neglect, where one has stepped out in various ways, maybe uh, emotionally stepped away or maybe even had uh, multiple partners or, or, uh, or whatever it is. But it's always a failure. Always. And we live in, uh, you know how I feel about statistics, but I, I heard one this week that shook me, that we live in a, a country that has the highest, highest rate of single-parent households in the world. This is including those who have lost uh, a father to war or violence. We live in a culture that tells us that it, it ultimately doesn't matter. Father, mother, they're interchangeable. You can have two fathers. You can have two, two mothers. You can have uh, whatever it is. No. It's something less than family when it's not father, mother. It's something less. 
And we live in a culture that tells us, well, you know, it doesn't matter if it's biological parents or, or not. I thank God for those that, that um, have gone through the process and, and been remarried in the church and all those things and where there is a stable family. But I also know statistically children are more at risk when one of the other adults in the household is not a biological parent. Risk of abuse, sexual or otherwise. Risk of other things. It's not to say that, of course, that every family is perfect or, or that, that that's the only way or anything like that. I'm not saying that. But again, the ideal family is father, mother, and children together, committed to each other. The church desires this. So often we're critiqued as Catholics that we have this, this push that we want people to be married in the church and, and like it's a, a burden or like it's a something, something else. And what it comes down to is this one truth. The church desires your holiness. And as parents, as husband and wife, that holiness is impossible unless you have the grace of God. And the grace of God is given and, and assured in the sacrament of marriage. We want you to enjoy this great sacrament. We want families to be bound in this sacrament. That's why the church insists on it. That's why the church works so hard and why perhaps I need to do a better job of encouraging those that are in irregular situations to get regularized. Because the church wants your holiness, desires your holiness, seeks your holiness. And the sacrament of marriage assures at least an openness to that. It's not automatic. Again, there is failure. Divorce is, is a result, and usually because one or the other, or maybe both, have closed themselves off to the grace of that sacrament. It all comes down to this one truth. The church and God want you to be holy. That while it's a little facetious to refer to the Holy Family as a model family, it is true. Because they bound themselves. And I can't get around this fact that Mary and Joseph found it so important to follow the law in its fullness. If anyone would have said, we don't need to redeem our son, we're redeeming him from himself. That's the absurdity of the situation. No. They determined, no, we will do this. We will follow they didn't need to go to Jerusalem to worship because they had God dwelling with them, and yet they worshiped. I find it so hard, and especially when I'm hearing confessions of uh, our younger uh, parishioners. Well, you know, we don't go to church. You know, it's, it's busy. There's so much. I know I'm preaching to the choir this morning. But it's so hard. How can we uh, expect our children to grow in holiness if we're not coming to church? How can we expect them to grow in holiness when we're not exposing them and helping them to, to have the fullness of the sacraments, to live the fullness of the sacraments out? The Holy Family understood. And what, what Mary and Joseph enjoyed with marriage was not a sacrament. It hadn't been given yet as a sacrament because, as again, all the sacraments take their power from the cross of our Lord, from his crucifixion. But they remind us and point us to that holiness that is possible in the sacrament. Three saints 
Oh, so often, I, and I've in the past have joked about it, poor Joseph, you know, if anything went wrong, you know, he was the one, you know, Jesus sinless by nature, Mary sinless by grace, and poor Joseph. But that isn't true. They sought each other's holiness, helped each other in their holiness. That's what a family does. That's what we need to do in, in family. We live in a culture that tells us family is whatever you make it. While that might be true in some lesser effect, we need to remind people that family is father, mother, and children in love, bound to each other, giving themselves to each other, seeking each other's good, seeking each other's holiness, worshiping God, worshiping our Lord, coming to him. As we come this day, we ask the Lord to bless our families. Let us not be the battleground, but rather show that the war can be won, that the battle of family is won in us, in our families, because of our coming, seeking the grace of the sacrament, living that grace out, of helping each other, of loving each other, of mutual respect, of all the things that family ought to be, all the things the Holy Family demonstrates to us, all the things that we are to be to the world.